In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Eternal Father, you called St. Philip the Evangelist to open his mouth and beginning with Scripture, tell the good news of Jesus Christ. By virtue of our baptism, we too are called to work for the salvation of souls. Instill in our hearts the zeal of St. Philip, that we may convert hearts and minds to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to the St. Philip Institute podcast, where we talk about how to navigate your life in the light of faith. We take issues that are uh, happening in our current day, like teaching the faith and all the different situations that we find ourselves in, and we put them here on the table in the light of faith, and we discuss them from different perspectives. Your hosts today are myself, Stacey Tresankos, the director of the St. Philip Institute, and Bishop Joseph Strickland, the founder of the St. Philip Institute. And we have as our guest, Dr. Petrock Willie. Dr. Willie is married with four children. And if I understand one grandchild? That's right. Yes. He studied theology at King's College London and philosophy at Liverpool University where he received his doctorate. Then he received an STL from the Pontifical University at Maynooth and an ecclesiastical doctorate from the Pontifical Lateran University in Rome. He worked in Catholic higher education in Oxford and Birmingham for more than 25 years in seminary and lay institutions and in both traditional and, as we're all becoming familiar with, distance education online. He's now at Franciscan University, and today, and you are you're the director of the Catechetical Institute at Franciscan University. That's right. In addition to all of this, so we're very honored and privileged to speak with Dr. Willie today about the directory, the new directory for catechesis that's come out. But I want our audience to also know that you are the dad of our video production manager. Nicholas Willie, who's um, been here with the Institute for a couple of years now and is over there behind the camera, <laughs> making sure everything is working correctly. So thank you for your son. Thank you for your service to the church and thank you for joining us here today. Thanks, Stacey. It's good to be the proud father of Nicholas and it's lovely to be with you both. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. So what, the issue, the topic that we're talking about today is catechesis and evangelization, which is kind of important to the St. Philip Institute because it's part of our name. <laughs> um, but the new development here, so that just to give a little bit of history for everyone listening, because you might be wondering what is a cate what is a directory for catechesis? There have been others. This started, uh, I believe, the latest edition is a follow-up to the General Catechetical Directory of 1971. So after Vatican II, the General Directory for Catechesis of 1997, which were issued by the Congregation for Clergy. This new directory seeks to highlight the close link, like we do here, between catechesis, teaching the faith, and evangelization, leading souls to heaven. Um, it is long. 
It's divided, it was 300 pages, made up of three parts, 12 chapters, and it proposes three major principles of action. Witnessing, mercy, which gets us into a lot of the social issues, and dialogue, accompanying people in their path. Um, but what it does is it lays out, why should you read it? Why should we pay attention to it? It lays out a lot of the same things, honestly, that are in the um, Constitution for Teaching the Faith that Bishop Strickland founded the Institute with. Um, this idea of the domestic church, uh, catechesis for the whole family, for all seasons of life, meeting people where they are, standing for truth, guarding the doctrines of the faith while bringing them down into the trenches where people are in their real lives and how we how we do more than just teach theology or talk about religion, how we make the eternal truths relevant in our lives. So that that's why we need this directory. It's guidance for the whole church. We're already doing it here. Dr. Willie, I know you're already doing it up there with the, the Catechetical Institute at Franciscan University of Steubenville. So could you tell us more about this document. Yeah, no, thank you. And can I say, first of all, just how impressed I am by the Constitution on Teaching. I just think that's that's such an exemplary document. And it's, as you say, it's exactly what this directory is concerned with, which is the importance of teaching the faith. And um, you, Dr. well, one of the one of the other points you've made immediately, Stacey, is that in the space of about 50 or 60 years, we've had three directories. And that just shows you how important the church thinks this area is, that she's constantly uh, reaffirming for us, uh, really almost like God's faithfulness in being with his church, ensuring that she can teach saving truth all the time, and constantly meditating on how to put this across so that people can benefit from that. So the third directory, it's, it's an incredible statement of it being, if you like, a hot topic for the church. The church exists to evangelize, to catechize. That's why she's here. It's why she's helping all families to handle the faith in the home. And one of the new things, which just helps us kind of focus on this new directory, is it's been issued not by the Congregation for the Clergy, which you mentioned uh, the second one was, but uh, by the Pontifical Council for Promoting New Evangelization. And I think that's a really important point that it's come out now at a time when the church knows we're in an incredible battle, when the evangelization, the word of hope, which she wants to speak, is in the midst of a very troubled world, which needs those saving truths even more. And as you said, Stacey, the family is at the heart of that because the family, the parents are called to be the first teachers, but also family is a place of ministry to, to children because they're the ones who are with the children all the time. And this idea of accompanying alongside teaching is precisely what a family can do better than anybody else. Because in the end, people learn from those they love. You receive something well from those who you you already want to embrace everything that they're telling you because you love them and so the church has always said love makes the parents the first teachers the best first teachers there are so that that unity if you like of love and truth in the family uh, is a real affirmation which is made in this present country 
very focused on family life. Very good. As um, as I listen to you, Dr. Willie, the it occurs to me that, um, and I really like what you mentioned, it comes out of an evangelization focus, a catechetical directory. And I think those two, that's one reason we actually am looking at the name of the Institute and looking at the Constitution on Teaching, that emphasis of catechesis and evangelization, that I think is, is essential to the moment that the church finds herself in, in the 21st century, in the year 2020, with all that we're dealing with. Um, we've had a lot of discussions, as I'm sure you do, as a director of a catechetical institute, um, the, the sort of ebb and flow of answering the questions about the, the good news, the kerygma, um, why, what, how? And those sort of flow back and forth. Uh, but why is because of absolutely Jesus Christ is our savior. He brings salvation to humanity. He frees us from sin and death. Um, what is, is the content of the, the catechesis? What we need to know and how we live that is, is an essential question as well. How do we interrelate with each other? And I think that one of the challenges we face is even as we worked on about developing the uh, St. Philip Institute, I've had questions that it's, you know, Bishop, is it all about just learning content? And absolutely it's not. Uh, we have to know what we believe. We have to know how to live what we believe. We have to know why we believe this, why it makes a difference. And I think especially for younger people, that are just coming to know the message of Jesus Christ in a deeper way. I mean, we're all learning. I know you are a lifelong learner, as Dr. Stacy is, as I am. That's pretty much the definition of a disciple of Jesus Christ, is someone who's going to continue to learn until their last breath, because there's such a mystery that we're delving into. But I think to, to be very aware that this directory is another step, another instrument in helping us to answer those questions. Why we're here, how do we live? What is the meaning of life? Yeah, <clears throat> no, as you say, um, that connection between faith and life is, is the, one of the key things the directory wants to point to. And I'd say that an emphasis in it is on the keeping a a very strong spiritual life as a catechist or a teacher or a parent. If anything is emphasized more, it's, it really is, you know, Jesus said, stay rooted in the vine. You know, without me, you can do nothing. And I think one of the big messages of this directory, which is highlighted even more than the previous ones, is whether we like it or not, things come through the person of the catechist, whether that person is the bishop or the priest or the parents or a lay catechist or a religion teacher. And so for us, uh, the responsibility is to stay close to Christ. I, I particularly love, there's an image which St. Bernard used where he says, don't try and be more generous than God. And he says, rather than being like a, if, um, a canal where the water just flows through, 
think of your life as being more like a reservoir, which has to fill up first and then just overflows the banks when it's full. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really the message that the for especially for our all of us who are lay people like ourselves, for whom getting, if you like, spiritual practices into a routine is a struggle. The struggle is always going to be important as a parent, making those times of prayer, those times to read the scriptures, those times to allow Christ to change you, are the things which will matter because in the end, when people hear you, they have to hear the sincerity that you're bringing with it. It has to be a truth that you yourself really uh, understand. And so I loved your point about the lifelong learner as well. I think that um, one of the things I've realized is so important is honesty in handing on the faith. You need to meet people as you really are with the questions you've really got and have a commitment to seeking the wisdom of Mother Church and answering those for yourself, rather than just trying to live with questions you've never really resolved. And I know in my early teaching life, there was many things I didn't believe which the church taught, which I was expected to teach. And I didn't really believe them, but neither did I take the trouble to find out what the church taught and why. And that I found there were more and more areas in my life like that, until eventually I realized you have to begin to confront those areas, to look at them and to immerse yourself in Holy Mother Church's teaching again. And so that, that kind of ongoing formation for you as a person seems to me, which is what you're set up to do at St. Philip's Institute. You know, you're really trying to make the faith accessible to everybody in as many ways as possible, make it interesting. And I think that we owe it to everybody. You know, the other thing I always tell catechists I'm forming is everything you learn is for the sake of somebody else. So just think about the importance of learning this, which you may be finding difficult, but it's because God has put you in this position and somebody needs to hear what you're learning at this point. And you will be put in a position where you realize the importance of serving other people like this. So the importance of that formation is a key part of the directory. So there's a whole chapter, chapter four on the formation of the catechist is a really important chapter. Yeah, it says you have to be catechized before being catechist. Sure. Uh, which sounds like stating the obvious, but it's um, it, it, that is important for parents. I love what you were saying about parents being lifelong learners too, both of you, um, because you you want to teach your children in the faith how to think, how to ask questions, how to seek answers. A lot of times more than you're just giving them the answers. I mean, there's a lot of answers dogma that you teach them to memorize and learn, but then they have to learn how to navigate the issues. Yeah. You had mentioned something about um, the beauty, and I, I love that this document also mentions it. The Constitution on Teaching focuses on art and beauty and sacred music. There's a whole chapter, um, correct, about the contemplation of beauty, the use of art, sacred music music is a way to instill the desire for god in the hearts of people yes there is i mean i'm i can see behind you a beautiful work of art um on the wall behind me there's something i used to teach a lot which is uh, a painting by fra angelico the annunciation mm-hmm. because that really sums up so many truths you know the blessed trinity there the the angel who is the messenger of course we get the word evangelization 
the word angel is right in the middle of it. So, and there's Our Lady receiving the word. And the church speaks in this directory so often of uh, catechesis is like a, the seed being going into the womb of the church and, and then Christ growing within us like that. It's a kind of very Marian image. So I, I do think learning from Our Lady how to receive and if you just look at the beauty of, of that painting by Fra Angelico or many others, and people are attracted by the doctrine. And I think this is why the church speaks of the way of beauty and says it really is an important way now because in our society, many people seem immune if you come and say you have the truth to teach them. But if you show them something beautiful, they can simply meditate on it, see it and receive the teaching themselves in a different way through through the power of attraction so music as you say as well such an important thing in so many young people's lives is the power of music so thinking about those elements in our catechesis and uniting them to them is really important i think yeah. there, another part of the document talks about uh it's, it's got i mean all the chapters hit on things that we think are obvious today, but it's good that it's spelled out and articulated. But regarding parishes, schools, church associations, the documents calling for us to go from being Catholic schools, which are scholastic institutions, to being scholastic communities. And I, I get the sense that that means something different in this age of the internet, where a community doesn't necessarily have to be a a location um, where people are living close to each other, a community can be extended now beyond the borders of the diocese, beyond parishes, uh, beyond countries and nations. We have global communications now. So what are they getting at when they're talking about um, scholastic communities instead of institutions? That's a, that's a great question, Stacey. I mean, I think one of the ways to think about it is um, if you if you meet somebody you can see that they're beginning to be attracted by something in the christian faith you know that one of the things you want to do very quickly is to bring them somewhere to meet people so that um, they actually see the faith in action um, so you'd love to think that you could bring them to a parish or to a school or to a set of teachers who who would immediately um, be receptive to them, who would take an interest in them, who would love them, who would be interested in their questions and and could receive them and begin to sort of nurture them and help them mature. So the importance of it being a genuine community rather than simply a place of learning is, is very important because people's belonging is important as well as their believing. Those two have to come together. And then the school, of course, is so important to us today because um, you can't really survive on one hour a week at mass in terms of getting your Catholic worldview. You have to, it has to be built. You have to have um, an understanding that the world makes sense. I mean, Stacy, with you working with the connection between faith and science, there's a big bit on science there, but. We know that a lot of people today think of scientism, you know, they have an approach which is very reductionist and um, doesn't understand that the rationality of the universe is key to the, to the work of science and comes about through the Christian faith, you know, that's, that's one of the gifts of the faith to us. 
So I think schools have a really important uh, message there for building the community in truth, for building a happy worldview. showing people how to live that life of faith on a daily basis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Dr. Willie, um, would you see anything in this new directory that you would say would be especially helpful in this strange time that we're living through with the virus and all the disruption it's caused? Even I know that we're looking at in the St. Philip Institute is committed to making catechesis for the young people, for adults going through Christian initiation, making it available virtually online because who knows how much we're going to be able to gather. Would you say there's anything specifically in this new directory that really is a tool for catechists that can help them in this unique time that we're living through? It, it talks a lot about what it calls the digital field as the new setting into which we have to place our catechesis. And I do think that um, places like the St. Philip's Institute are in a remarkable position to be able to try and think how to do this well, because as you say, I'm sure it's not going to go away very quickly. Uh, there are some features here which need to be understood. So as you've suggested, one of the things about the use of media is that it makes the, the message of the faith accessible. Uh, it can reach people. And to some extent, it's got a wider reach than before. Uh, that There are some people being reached because of what you're doing who don't go to parishes anyway. So you know, you're, you're reaching people through this new medium. So the importance of that. The other thing the directory um, speaks about, and this is where, if you like, the ambiguity of the virtual world comes in. Now, as we know, watching a mass is not the same as being at mass. Um, watching a person, watching us now, anybody who's watching this online is not the same as sitting with you in a room speaking with you. So we also know there's, we call it virtual reality because three of the senses, for example, can't participate in it. And we know that the amount of time spent online, there's a correlation with depression and poor self-image. Uh, so lots of young people spend six, seven hours online, and there is this correlation. So what we know is that we're in, and I, I do see this as such a vital work that you're performing, which is to produce the media to help people access it and give the incarnational message that what needs to happen now is Christ wants your conversion in your life and that is going to take place where you are locally and that means you need to actually think about coming off media and actually in other words you can do a lot of education on the media it seems to me through the media but precisely in order to show people the importance of the difference between the real and the virtue virtual and to remind people that Christ, in the end, God didn't choose to send a book. He didn't choose to send a message. He came in the flesh. And that's, that's the, that is what the um, directory calls the novelty of the faith. The Christian faith is that, because I think so many people still think of Revelation as a set of ideas, mm. which they either agree with or not. They don't really think that God himself came. And 
that is actually going to be communicated in and through the local, the parish, the community. So we have to get people back to parishes. We have to get people, but while they're not, we have to get them to think, okay, your family is your mission. This is this is the new mission. This is the place I've sent you, says the Lord, you know, uh, because the new evangelization is about um, those who are nearest to you needing the evangelization, the evangelizing work of Christ as well. Dr. Willie, you make me think of something that I've mentioned many times in different settings, but it really made an impression on me. And I think it, it really resonates with what you're saying that the, the challenge of catechesis and evangelization, the challenge of being the church is to make sure that Christ is a person in our lives and not just a personality. Yeah. I think that to me, as you talk about, and that certainly is a, is a very Catholic element of, of teaching the Christian message that we focus on the person um, absolutely, the, the sacred scripture is the wisdom of the person of Jesus Christ and other persons leading up to him in the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament. But I think that element, as you said, it, it sounds like you're, you've been working here in East Texas uh, because to say that, G, that God didn't send a book, but a person is really a very Catholic approach because there are many very good Christians in our area that really are, I mean, you know, the, the Protestant approach of sola scriptura, only the book, is, is very prevalent. And so I think that recognizing that we are called to come to know the person of Jesus Christ, and I guess that's one aspect, a significant aspect of what we're doing in the middle of this year of the Eucharist here in the Diocese of Tyler, it's my belief that the closer we grow to the Eucharist and understanding he's really present, and I can speak to it in my own life, the time that I spend in Eucharistic adoration is, is very significant, and it's, it really has become my own personal conversation with Jesus Christ and with the Blessed Virgin Mary, and with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. And so I think that really helping people to understand if Jesus is just a personality, then it's almost left in that virtual world of really not impacting us in an incarnational way. But Jesus came not just as a personality that we see on the big screen, on the jumbotron, you might say, but he's a flesh and blood person that ate with people, cried with people, touched them. Uh, you know, we don't have any any sense of the smell of, of Palestine in the time of Christ, but I'm sure it was a pretty smelly place. And Christ came, as Pope Francis has said so famously, we shepherds and we catechists, whatever catechists we are, we need to smell like the sheep. We need to smell like those people. And that's what Christ did. He is a person who really sat among them. He shared their food. He shared every aspect of their lives. And I guess what that says to me is this directory reminding us that we can't just be a personality 
for those that were catechizing and evangelizing either. There's some vulnerability that needs to be there to really share ourselves. And as you alluded to, to share that we don't have every answer, that there's still things that we're trying to figure out for our own journey. And I think that helps for people to then open up and feel that they're free to acknowledge there are things about the faith that they don't understand or maybe don't even agree with at this point, but to approach it with hearts open to a deeper understanding of the person that Jesus Christ is. Yeah, and that's why, I mean, teaching is such a gift. I mean, I love the phrase in the gospel where it says, Jesus saw the crowds and he had compassion, so he taught them. And, you know, teaching is such an act of compassion uh, and and going out, as you say, and being amongst people. I'm just thinking of the way in which you took the host out, you know, you know, into the traffic in the time of COVID, <laughs> just showing, look, we, we are, we are the church. We're not just behind the walls. We are actually, we're among you. Um, and I think that is the message which is to put across really in COVID now is one thing it's, it's done to us is it's driven us back into the local very, very strongly, hasn't it? It's, put us back in our homes, it's put us back into small communities. And and we always say small communities are the best place for growth of the faith. So really to give those families the encouragement and the confidence that God has placed them, you know, with each other for a purpose and the reason which is to share his grace, his love, his teaching. Yeah. And, you know, that the t- parents as teacher thing is, is such an important thing in my in my life right now personally because I have seven children, two are grown, four are teenagers, and one's a little boy trying to survive. But you know, this documents like this, I know there's a lot in them, 300 pages, it's very thick, it's a lot to read, but it matters to us because it helps us as parents raise our kids to love Christ. It helps us as parents to get our kids to heaven. I, you know, I'm a convert, and in the early days of my conversion, I, I started studying theology because I wanted to know what the church teaches. I want to know what I believe. And I raised my kids and taught them religious classes when I was homeschooling, but it got, it, it got to a point when one of my daughters reached her teenage years, and she was having a really difficult moment. She was having a meltdown. And she was in the seat next to me in the car. I'd taken her for a drive to get a blizzard because that's what we do when um, they get overwhelmed. And in her panic, you know, she said, Mom, I believe in Jesus. I believe Christ is really present when we receive him in the Eucharist at Mass every Sunday. I believe that, but Mom, it's not helping me right now. I need Jesus to sit down next to me right now in the flesh and blood and tell me what I'm supposed to do. She was having trouble navigating friendships. And, and I was dumbstruck. I'm like, I'm like, I, I just tried to, I try, I almost panicked. In the moment, I didn't really say anything. I got back to her because I came back to her and I said, what the church tells us to do, you know, I'm supposed to be Jesus to you in that moment. I'm supposed to be the conduit, the grace, to bring the grace of Christ to you in those moments. I'm your mom. I'm supposed to be able to help you with that stuff you know, I'm connecting you to that life of faith that you felt like you were missing and panicking in that moment. And that immediately makes you say, yes, but I'm not Christ. 
you know, I am a human, I'm your mother, I'm not going to do everything right, I'm going to make mistakes too, and we're all in this together trying to get through life. But it was a powerful moment for us. And she told me later, the same daughter, that that was, that was what was missing, that she had been taught the theology all her childhood. She'd gone through the whole Faith and Life series, grades one through eight. She said, I need to know how to live my faith now. I need to know how to put this stuff into practice because I've, I know all of these things on one hand, I got all these other things happening and it feels like they're separate and I need you to help me put them together, Mom. And that's what we do now. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't had the catechesis myself, I couldn't have brought Christ to her in those hardest moments. Sure. Yeah, and if I can speak, if we've got a moment just to speak about the fact that we're in a partnership now together uh, precisely in order to have a form of online which is personal uh, and precisely to to help families with that because one of the things which uh, as you know we've created at the Catholic Institute is a series of family-based workshops which is really and they're on really sort of simple things like how to really be a good listener in the home how to be there to um, to help your children into the life of holiness. It's really sort of simple things. And what I, where I know that we, we all are on the same page is that this is not simply a message, but we've got a mentored system so that um, you actually have a personal way of handing this on as well to these families and supporting them. So that is important. And that role of listening is something that's also emphasized by the directory because we can speak well when people know that we've heard them. So when we know, when they know they've been heard, they're ready to listen themselves. And that kind of combination of catechesis is about echoing, it is about speaking. That's obviously, and teaching, it's, it's such a, um, a major part of it. But also the catechist needs to appear as somebody who's hearing actually what the person wants to say to them so they can respond very precisely to those real needs they've got. And that, that's training ourselves to be good listeners. Well, we are going to start wrapping up now. It's always hard to end an episode because I always have the feeling that we could go on for hours. Um, thank you so much for given us a summary and a review of what's in this document. Is it going to be available um, online? Is it like, I thought I saw yeah. the old ones on Amazon. It'll be published in the United States, I think on the 24th of July. Okay. Uh, and can be ordered direct from the USCCB from their website. So yes, be available soon. And it is, as you say, a big document, but that really just shows you how seriously the church takes it. And, you know, just wants us all to, to be involved in handing on the faith. Yes. You can find more information on our website. Um, we have, of course, the Constitution on Teaching that Bishop Strickland wrote. So it's smaller. <laughs> and uh, the, this document we're talking about today, the, the uh, Directory for Catechesis, will be available later in July. And also you can find on our website that uh, we are partnering with the Catechetical Institute at Steubenville uh, that Dr. Willie is the director of. We're partnering with them for um, 
training for our catechists and teachers here in the diocese. You have some wonderful classes that are available for people to to, to catechize themselves, to learn, you know, to, how to um, learn what they're supposed to be teaching in the faith. Um, we have also on our website, stphilipinstitute.org, art that you can purchase for your homes uh, to turn your home into a domestic church and surround your children with the beauty um, in the sacred art that Robert Pushouts prepare, um, produces for us here at the Institute. So look at, look at our website for all of that stuff. You'll find a link to the, the Catechetical Institute at Steubenville and uh, all of our podcasts that we've done so far. Thank you again so much for being here, Dr. Willie. We appreciate you joining us and talking about this today. Thank you, it's been a great pleasure. And thank you for uh, again for sharing your your great son Nicholas. He's he's doing an excellent job with a great team on the St. Philip Institute. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. We will close with the blessing. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God, we ask your blessing for Dr. Willie, for Dr. Stacy, and for all of the work of the Catechetical Institute at Steubenville and our work at the St. Philip Institute here in the Diocese of Tyler. May the joy of knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior is the one that we walk with through joy and sorrow, through darkness and light. May the joy of coming to know him more deeply be the joy that guides each of us. We give thanks for all the saints as we celebrate St. Kateri Tekakwitha, and we rejoice in the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary who is always interceding for us, her children. We ask God's blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.